This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars, the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Good morning, my suspect. Welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 156. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm a farm boy. And on this weekend's episode, we're taking a break from our way, way back with The Mandalorian. And we are just going to talk about Star Wars, the year in review for 2023. Now, RFB might be taking a load of this uh episode because I didn't quite do my homework this week. I had other things I was doing while off work, but I do remember some of the big highlights and we will both discuss those, but obviously we're going to start in January of 2023 and RFB just said this before we hit the record about we got, I what was it, season... How many seasons has there been? Season two of Bad Batch? Yeah. Sometime this year. Ain't rightly sure just when will be season three. Some things are kind of maybe pointing to May the 4th-ish. There's nothing official mm-hmm. set up that. There's nothing I can find or have heard. Spoiler your eyes, because animation spoilers are among the hardest to get information a hold of. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah, it seems like there's been more than two seasons already, but that just just shows you how good the show is, or the series is. Making you think there's more episodes than what you think there is. Some friends speculate and guessing, but yeah, to start out... uh, 2023, we are now sitting just nearly three days until this year, which has flown by, is but a memory to us. Um, The biggest thing that ran throughout the entire year of 2023 was the final story in the original trilogy of Star Wars stories, Return of the Jedi, turned 40 years old this year. 
Yep. And we will hit its birthday when we come up to May, when we get into there. But no, what opened up January for us is four days into it, January the 4th, started season two of The Bad Batch. Yep. And, and wow, the animation <laughs> just, oh boy. To me, even, even watching season one, it just, I looked at it like it, when I was watching, I, I got that deep in, into it, just taking me along for the story. It, it, it almost felt like live action to me. Right. The Lucas, and, Lucas animation is just wow it's hard to yeah. play work. and season two was ended with pretty much of a gut punch so yeah. it was by far the more emotional of the two seasons in my opinion very much so um, to start with the opening was we get to see the batch has got a, a little bit more of a sort of civilian look to them. Um, and we get, get to see the start of exactly how big of a part of the batch their little sister Omega is. Mm-hmm. With her new energy bow and not quite sure when, and it opens up on, on, uh, some folks have, have been guessing, speculating, was that possibly an island on Scarif? When hmm. they're getting by those, those big crabs and Rutgers got the box of goods that they, that they were sent to pick up. Yeah, I, I still got right. it. It's been quite, quite a spell since I've gone back to watch, um, I'd have to rectify that this weekend. To watch the beginning parts of season, season two. Um, the second episode has them going to Sereno and trying to get some of the goods that Count Dooku had gathered up to help fund the, the separatists, which now the Empire's getting hold of. And that didn't turn up so well. They were right. lucky away with their lives. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Bad Batch started January 4th and ran clean through to April 19th. And the second thing that came along in 2023 was the first time this is we were ever given back-to-back Star Wars stories told in two different parts of the timeline. At the same time. So that's yeah. going to jump us into March 1st when season three of The Mandalorian started with chapter yep. 17. Yep. Good old season three of Mando, which I know, I know. I, I was around, I was listening to the different pods, I was. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, here and there, listening to 
the discourse. It's pretty much of a divisive season. Some liked it, some not so much. Some couldn't understand. Why didn't you just call it Bo-Katan? Um, oh, well, that, I mean, she was a big part of the story in season three. What can I say? And, and if people ask me my opinion on the title of the series, The Mandalorian, it's clear to me that The Mandalorian they're talking about is not Din Djarin. It's Bo-Katan. We, we saw her. She, she is. She's the leader of, at the end of season three. Mm-hmm. She's pretty much the leader of Mandalore. She's the one that brought them all back together. They're all getting along again. So where will that lead in season four? Who knows? But yet, I mean, it, it's probably, I don't usually do fa- full favorites, but season three, I probably have watched more than the first two seasons of The Mandalorian. I went back and watched those episodes over and over again. Why? Because I liked them. And I know a lot of people didn't like the episode with Jack Black and Lizzo, but that was one of my favorites. Why? Because it was a, it was pretty much a procedural. I mean, it was like if you're a fan of Law and Order, it's basically an episode of Law and Order in space. Din and Bo were the detectives going out in the case trying to solve something. So I guess that's why I enjoy that episode so much because I'm a big fan of procedurals. But like I said, that's just my opinion. But, yeah, season three of Mando came, yeah, right there towards, well, I want to say at the tail end of season two of Bad Batch. But, yeah, that was pretty cool to have two kind of Star Wars things going on at the same time. Yeah, yes, it, indeed it was. Um, my opinion of – I wouldn't say that the season itself is divisive. It's a season of stories. I kind of, like True. I said in my opinion, I kind of look at it like I do with some some of the folks and friends that take issue with The Last Jedi saying it's divisive. To me, it's a story. The story ain't divisive. It's a story. Folks' opinions right. with another is what's divisive. The story didn't do that how it made you think or feel about thoughts or expectations you may or may not have had, and then going back and forth with one another. That's the device of right there. The story right. is just a story. Right. It, um, it, you're right. It, it is the fans that make, you know, things divisive or not. By, you know, going back and forth on them. So, mm-hmm. And I'm all for, like, healthy conversations but when it gets nasty that's when i step out i'm like nope not gonna say anything don't want to trigger anybody so no, that yeah it's them folks that, that for whatever reason just are standing in that one spot standing and maybe not thinking quite open-minded enough because they don't want to and they're just kind of stubborn in their way and that's, right. that's for, yeah, that's for if they were their choice. I, like I say this time and again, good is sometimes an opinion. Bad is sometimes an opinion. We each right. see things. I don't, I don't think there's any bad Star Wars, my opinion. There's some that don't speak to me, and then I just kind of right. let that be and don't really 
chat much about it. Folks want to know, come and ask me about it. But for the most part, right. I, I don't, I have one expectation of any Star Wars. <laughs> Everybody knows this about me. It's tell me a story. Yeah. Yeah. The, we got, uh, Mando season three, like I mentioned, chapter 17 was given to us on March 1st. And, that was just one episode past the halfway point with the Bad Batch. That same week, episode nine of season two of the Bad Batch came out the same day that chapter 17 Amanda did. And then that took us up into just the day past. <clears throat> the next big thing that happened in 2023 was... Star Wars Celebration. Over yes. in London. London, England. Yep. Jolly Which old my, London. In my opinion, uh, I wish Lucasfilm would be more fair to our British and just UK friends overall. Because this is only the second Star Wars Celebration they've ever had. Their first one was in 2016. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They should they should spoil them up. We get loads of it here. I think there's only ever been that I can recall one in Japan previous to the one that's going to happen in 2025, and one in Germany, and that was in yep. the early 2000 aughts. I can't remember the Japan one was 2008 or nine, I think. Just the one time. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. London should, should, I wish Lucasfilm would go over to London much more often. We've had many right. UK friends over there that were able to go, someone managed to go to both. A lot of folks this year from over here with us in the US got to make trips over. I was even fortunate enough to have a helping hand. And getting a couple pod friends that weren't set to go at all. Um, let me think back here. It happened with, uh, Star Wars Ologies, who's kind of looking at different science points, but without being scientific at things in the galaxy far, far away, where having a panel to put together and they were looking for different folks that kind of science minded. And okay. as a longtime listener of pods, I pay attention to the folks that are, are talking to me. I knew pretty damn well that uh, at least one, if not both of the most things Kenobi girls, Miss Laura and Miss Leanne. I know Miss Leanne has a, she works in meteorology, which has a very deep scientific background to it. As soon as I heard uh, James Jawa, as one of the two co-hosts for Star Wars Ologies, mention if there was anybody that had this kind of background or something similar to, to reach out because we'd like to maybe invite you to come be a part of this panel. As soon as I heard that, I tagged, I put it straight out in the Twitterverse. I'm like, James. You want to connect up with Miss Leanne from Most Think Kenobi and shooting with it weren't sure enough. 
it, in a matter of hours, I had all these DMs coming at me from this man <laughs> thanking me for, and I'm like, all I did was just pass, pass, pass it on over. I'm trying yeah. to let open hand. That's that's why I do what I do in the Twitterverse. I don't do it for me. I do it to help everybody else out. And sure enough, Miss Lauren and Leanne got picked up, and Lucasfilm helped them get on over to Celebration this year, which was a lot of fun. Kind of Jeff and I weren't able to go, and I was I was following on in the Twitterverse with all their escapades and adventures over right. there. It was that was a lot of fun? They recorded yep, the panel, put it, put it up for us to listen to. It was fun. Yep, and as I do. Every celebration, well, since StarWars.com started streaming them live on YouTube, mm-hmm. I take off work. I take off work over whatever celebration is and lie here on my couch and hit up YouTube on my PlayStation and watch along. And, boy, am I going to have to, you know, calculate the time difference this year. With um, well, this coming year, I should say, 2024, with um, Japan, because there's going to be a yeah. lot of early morning. I think early morning or late nights. So, yeah, they're nearly a day ahead. Of yep. Us. Yeah, that's what I got to do some calculating, but yeah, and I'm pretty sure StarWars.com will lay out for us here in the U.S. when to watch, and but hopefully one of these days. One of these days, I'll be fortunate enough to have the funds to actually go to one, and preferably one here either on the East Coast or Midwest, like Chicago or something. I would love to go because I've never been to Chicago. Would love to be go to Chicago. So, yeah, same here. Um, I can definitely. One of the things I remember with it started out day one stream was a lot of folks, especially over here of us that, that couldn't go were pretty sore because the very first big panel that got streamed was the Lucasfilm showcase uh, and they didn't put it up the stream. No, they didn't. Yeah. I was, I was all over Twitter. I think tweeting mm-hmm. like, um, where's the panel? I'm, I'm, I'm seeing tweets coming from, so I know it started. Where's the panel? But of course they, their first panel wasn't, I think it was a second big panel the other day or something like that. They started streaming panels. And I was like, why didn't they stream that first one? That's when we got all the news about the new movies and stuff coming out. So mm-hmm. it was kind of odd not to show the very first panel of the day because that's usually, yeah, that's the kickoff panel. That's the welcome to celebration panel. And for some odd reason, they didn't stream it. So. Yeah, they, I'm fairly certain that they heard a lot of our different voices. I didn't really partake in it. I just took it as, all right, if they're not doing it. There were different spots and places in the Twitterverse and other social media places that folks were kind of pirating information out. So if you went into well, the Twitter search and if you were – Using that some folks were using certain hashtags and things that you could go get little bits and bobs and tidbits of information for what they were kind of sneaking out for us. Yeah, I mean, I I mean I went back later on StarWars.com's uh, YouTube channel 
I think later that night or the next morning before the panels did start, they did have the replay of the panel up. So you were able to eventually watch it. You just weren't able to watch it live. So. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. it, I did the same thing as Jeff did. Um, having a new job, I secured just enough vacation. And the vacation at the place I work at is a lot more different than what I was used to. I managed to have – Eight hours, so I went and took that eight hours and used it on on the Friday for celebration. So I got that day off. The it was a four day, Friday to Monday, and I can remember the Monday I I went back into work and actually ate up all the data on my phone to put up YouTube stream. It only ended up being like four or five hours long, so I get to finish the stream before before. I ended my work day, but I actually got the right. not having any Wi-Fi at my work. Yeah, I, I killed my data on my phone, but yeah, I, they, there was no way I was going to miss the, the last stream, whether I was at work or not. Right. Yeah, they had – I mean, and one one good thing about, I guess, if you can't afford to go or have never been to one – Streaming the live stream is pretty neat and fun because you do get to see a lot of stuff that people that are there don't unless they hang out all day at the Star Wars live stage mm-hmm. because they have little interviews all throughout the day, bringing different people out, which I find very cool. And, you know, in between the panels, you know, you're getting to see these little interviews, and that's where I saw an interview that I actually saved up the video especially after we lost um, Ray Stevens. So, I mean, he he came out and talked, and it was such a shame because it sounded like he was so excited to be involved with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then to have that tragedy happen where we lose him. And, yeah, I don't – and, yeah, well, when we get to Ahsoka, we'll talk about that. But we're not even close to being to Ahsoka yet. Oh, no. I know the one thing that I always go back to whenever celebrations happen is when we all get to see and are shown what our fandom and who our fandom really is. Because I know in the Twitterverse right now, there's all manner of different silliness going on and has been for at least the past month over one or other momentary thing, or this or that other momentary thing. But when celebrations happen, none of that ever gets seen. And then when a celebration ends, and then somebody starts to stir up a thing, the first thing I always throw up in the Twitterverse is a hashtag, remember celebration, or remember Star Wars celebration. Because that's who we, a fandom, really are. If we could be like A lot more of us could be like that every day that would drown out so much of the momentary stupidity and silliness that goes on. Yeah, and I truly believe, too, that I would say at least 85% of the people that are on social media that like to stir stuff up in the Star Wars community probably don't even go to or watch or even pay attention to the Star Wars celebration. They're 
yeah, I'm going to call them a casual fan. And they just like to stir trouble up. That's how they get their jollies. So, but yeah, we just ignore them. Yeah, I did see a thing. I want to say it was back in uh, 2019, Celebration Chicago. Uh, The fellow that went and put together uh, the fandom menace, him and a cohorts showed up in person at Celebration and tried to play it off as this nice, kind, and he was completely ignored by everybody. <laughs> should be, yeah. When I, that got that got run around a little bit in, from some of our, well, quite a few of our, we just love Star Wars because we do, and I got to see that. I thought, <laughs> see, yeah, you brought that on yourself. Yep. See. Yeah. The next thing, oh, what's that, Jeff? No, I just was agreeing with you about, yeah, that you, you started it, and you want to try to show up at a celebration and blend in. Ain't going to happen. No, you read just We know who you are. Mm-hmm. So. So that was April 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th with Star Wars Celebration. Then we can jump down, we'll jump forward to nearly the end of April this year when everybody was still soaking in all the Star Wars goodness from Celebration and all the announcements and just the general fun that everybody had, whether they were there or we were stream watching like me and Jeff were and so many other of our friends, was a brand new, a, a, a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order was given to yes. Jedi Survivor Which, came out April 27th. Yep, and I'm sitting here hoping 2024 shows me the Jedi Survivor for PlayStation 4 so I can finally play it. <laughs> but, yeah, we, yeah got, was, we got that. That was I think going... I'm sorry, go ahead. That was said earlier this year that, um, I'm going to say that's EA. Yeah, they were fixing to make it, uh, that is considered backwards compatible by using the correct terms there. I guess. I mean, if they have to take out a little bit of whatever that PlayStation 4 is not capable of handling, Take it out. It's not going to bother me. As long as it looks like um, Jedi Fallen Order, I'll be happy. So I I watched the the walk, not the walkthrough, but I watched the the um, clip scenes all put together. So I saw the story of Jedi Survivor, and after seeing the story, I'm like really anxious to hopefully play it here in the new year. Yeah, I did hear. Well, actually, actually, I think you're the one that told me about they they were talking about making it available for PlayStation Four and I guess Xbox. Yeah, that's where I was. And I know just the person to go asking, and maybe I might go just to hunt up some information. Um, who kind of keeps track of what's all going on with 
different games, even Star Wars related. He's a, a YouTuber. He's over in the UK and also a good stream friend to making Star Wars and has popped up on Jason's streams quite a few times to talk gaming news. He goes by the name of Azatru, A-Z-Z-A-T-R-U. Pay a visit to his YouTube channel where he's he's up on games news. I might have to send him a – he'll recognize me from the chat um, and see what he can drum up in the way of what these updates are and when something might be coming. Because if somebody's going to have an answer to that, I know there's a lot of other really good gaming channels, whether it's YouTube or Twitch, but he's the one I'm familiar with. So if that, if I could think of anybody that would have an answer to that, it would. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, then we just got out of April, which takes us into May. And would happen to be on May the 4th, we were given second volume. It's not a season, it's a volume. I've spent the past year talking back to folks, talking to me from the past that were considering Vision's Season two, no, it's a volume. They were released as volumes, volume one and volume two. And we got nine stories out of this. If I recall correctly, we were given them all in one shot. Boom. Yeah. That ran from anywhere from, say, 13, 14 minutes to 18, 19, maybe just 20 minutes from nine different studios all around the world, which was a little bit different from volume one, that were a little bit more just, I always grew up saying, watching different, what's termed, called anime now. When I was a kid, we called it Japanimation. Yes. Yeah, lots of different, really, maybe not so much canon stories, but... Stories that these studios and the folks that work for them, from little bitty ones to bigger ones that were been familiar with for years and years, each took their own time to tell a, a different story. And each one of them had their own own look. I've said this for a long time, that every Star Wars animation there is since – the story of the faithful Wookiee that was shown in the holiday special way back in 1978. Yeah, from Nelvana Studios up in Canada to every next Star Wars animation has its own look. There's no two that look alike. From from that to uh, the 2008 Clone Wars, this, the, the series that went on for what we have now is seven seasons, had it, it its own look, right. which different from Star Wars Rebels, has its own look, to Star Wars Resistance, used cell shading and had its own look. Love Star Wars Resistance. Um, even to the, the, the smaller Forces of Destiny had its own animation look. To even the little right. short kid, the little short kid ones that are on Star Wars Kids called Star Wars Blips. 
That oh, yeah. an, Star Wars animation has its own, yeah, and Visions was definitely, yeah, some really, really great stories in there from so many folks have just taken off with with uh, the second one, Screecher's Reach, which is pretty much as close to a Star Wars horror story, but in animation. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes, uh, let's see. The fourth, what else happened on May the 4th? Nothing else that I can think of. Then we can jump, we jump, end up jumping into another big, yeah, London was getting some love this year. They had their own very big convention, maybe not quite as celebration sized, was the London Film and Comic Con. Happened in I want to say it was near the middle of July, and we've had quite a few different Star Wars pod friends that turned up there. Um, I want to say it was, it's got to be Maddie and Luke, the Star Wars Sessions boys. Not only did they have a panel there, but they did have a panel at Star Wars Celebration, too, that Lucasfilm set that up on the podcast stage to have a panel. Yeah, quite a few different friends over in the UK went to London Film and Comic Con that were our podcasters that hadn't previously met up in real life. They got to meet each other there. Right. Um, as far as announcements from, I don't recall any any off the top of my head. I didn't go quite that deep when I was putting putting this little recap in twenty twenty three together. Oh, yeah, we can hit May 25th. Is oh, yeah. It's the, the 40th birthday of Return of the Jedi. Yep. And Jeff and I had our We Remember Back Whens. I want to say it was got to be somewhere in July. You can go back into the back catalog of the Blue Milk Cafe and for folks that ain't of our generation we're both Gen Xers so we were kids we got to see this for the first time when it was shown to the world if you want to listen to what our fuzzy memories of what we remember back then when we got to see it for the first time yeah I want to say it was my Third time, yeah, because we started with New Hope and then did Empire. That was my my third time on as co-hosting BMC. It's back there. I I bounced back once or twice to give a listen. It was fun stuff. Fuzzy yeah. memories. Had. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So if you're under the age of forty and you want to hear two old guys reminiscing and Believe me, you'll get there someday where they're fuzzy memories. Yes, you will. But, but you know, once once you start talking about them, though, everything starts coming back. At least that's my experience. When I start talking about something, I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember, and I, you know, stuff starts coming back to me. But yeah, I mean, but you get me, like, ask me, like, when we when I did mine about. Um, Star Wars. Back then when it was called Star Wars or New Hope. 
Back in 77, 78. Yeah, those are, I mean, even though I do remember, because I don't think I would forget, but, yeah, I was only, you know, seven, eight years old. So, yeah, the, those going back that far, you know, unless it has something to do with Star Wars, they, they those memories get real fuzzy. So, let's see, we can jump out of July and into August. Um just a short little one that I know a lot of folks that are keeping up with um, the different stories told in novels and books. At the uh, beginning of August, a new story by Delilah Dawson, who told Captain Phasma's story in her book, Phasma. And I want to say she did, I should have this and I don't. I I have the audio book. Um, I want to say she did one in relation to Blackfire Outpost that's in the sequel trilogy. Um, there's a new story that came out this year that tells the story of an Inquisitor, the 13th sister, Iscat, and her journeys that started out as her, as a Jedi Padawan, and later renouncing the Jedi and becoming uh, an Imperial Inquisitor. That story I have yet to go give a listen to. I have, haven't got into, it's kind of sit there for me, kind of, just off to the side with the High Republic. I, I will eventually get to it. But then we get a lot deeper and wider because from announcements at Celebration back in April, um, they had some special guests that were on stage that uh, Jeff had mentioned because we're nearly there now because they were wrapping up some of the filming they took time to, to stop filming what they were putting together for uh, season one of Ahsoka to have folks like Rosario Dawson and Natasha Lubordizo and, as Jeff mentioned earlier, Ray Stevenson. Yeah. There to kind of tease different little things, and they couldn't stick around Celebration too long because they had to get it back to work to finish up Ahsoka. So they did get right. production, and we got part one on August 22nd. No, that's parts one and two. I want to say this was the only series of Star Wars stories that didn't go by episodes. They called these parts one to eight. Yep. Which started in August 22nd, as I mentioned, and wrapped up. Just a couple of weeks from my before my birthday in October, early October, and yeah, then those eight weeks just go by so fast. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I was saying earlier about Ray Stevenson. It's it's a shame and tragedy hearing how much he loved being a part of the Star Wars universe there at Celebration, and then knowing now that his character 
survives the first season, mm-hmm. what will they do? I know a lot of I've heard two two separate, you know, opinions. No, you can't recast him. He did such a great job in that role. You know, whatever you're going to do with him, do off screen. And then there's some people like, no, it's it's not wrong to recast him. You know, it's not slapping his face or this or that. Um, my opinion is I would love to see the conclusion of that story and see where he's going. And if that does mean recasting, then recast. I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to do it as well as Ray Stevenson, but, you know, recast so we can see the end of the story. Or, or, put it in a comic book or a novel and let us know where it ends up. So, but yeah, I, I just, like I said, it's, it's just a tragedy that that happened. And, you know, knowing that his character survived season one, you know, they, they do have a dilemma on their hands. So we'll, we'll see. All I can say is I have full faith in Lucasfilm. I know some folks yep. don't. Some folks also had different issues and opinions with how this season quite turned up. And I definitely encouraged this is just the start of the story, friends. There's a little, there's a ways more to go. They didn't start this to not finish it. Right. Uh, Star Wars is, Star Wars ain't never done that. When they start a story, they're gonna finish it. So there's gonna have to be a season two, and then that in turn's gonna wind up, and it's gonna go blend in together with a film that's gonna tie up what folks are kind of calling the Mandoverse, where it's the this ongoing story in, of season three and what will eventually be season four of Mando, the Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, skeleton crew figures into this, which we won't be given that till later next year, as far as the way I'm understanding how this is going right now. But, yeah, this could be 2026. As we're sitting right now, we don't know for certain because there's nothing set in concrete or or cut in stone. But that's where they're setting it looking is don't be too sore with the soaker if it didn't turn up the way you were hoping or thinking. Because, like I said, this is just the start of the story. It just ended up right there at part eight right now. Right. Yep. And... I kind of, I really not, didn't even have expectations of how this season would end up. So I'm, I'm glad to see that Ezra made it home. That was their main objective to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they, if they could have all made it home, it would have been awesome. But as it was going on, you kind of saw it there in the, you know, reading between the lines that yeah not everyone's making it home this season so yeah we spoke well i i know that i definitely spoke to it whenever we did our our recaps and reviews 
of the different eight parts. Um, what was really neat and fun for me, kind of looking back at this now, is as they were coming out, this is the one time, because folks know I follow spoilers, I just don't share unless I'm asked, this is the one time where there were different spoilery things coming out merely days to a week before we got the next part where that doesn't really, I've never seen that happen before where folks were getting little tidbits of, of things for the next part coming. Like I said, days or weeks before we were actually given it. So it was kind of, it was pretty exciting for me to know some of the different things. Like we, I, I had heard right before, the end of part eight, that it was going to be an even trade-off that Thrawn was going to make it back to the galaxy and Ezra was going to get to go home. But now that we know that Ahsoka and Sabine didn't get to go home, so that, yeah, it turned up to be an even trade-off. Or hearing the little tidbit things um, just days before we got to see 3PO turn up and Give a helping hand to General Sindula. Yeah, folks, it's, it started out, uh, I want to say maybe a month before that it was originally supposed to be Leia herself, but for whichever reason, storytellers decided that they didn't want to do that, and in her place was going to be C-3PO. Yeah, and kind of learning about yeah. that just before. Yeah, all these neat little things where... The, the spoilery stuff that I follow usually is a year or better before we're actually given the story. This is the one time where, no, this this was right up on the edge of right before we were given it. it that was kind of, it didn't spoil anything for me whenever I go sit down and and, and bring up Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I, I always say I'm, I'm, I'm able to take that part of my brain that I've heard this stuff and just set it down over there. And then get into the story, and then I go back and look at it and go, ooh, they got that right. They got that right. Or maybe yeah. not. Yes. Yeah. Then uh, still just winding up a August was, I want to say it was about a the next week after, week or two, we got another new addition to the Star Wars Library of Stories was – the wrap-up to the original trilogy, 40 short stories, Return of the Jedi. 40 different short stories that take place in, right along the storyline of Return of the Jedi, but they are, again, told for the third time by from start, the start of the story to the finish by different background characters that we're familiar with. Through the story. Right. Yeah, I got to give this one, this was a long, this one was touching nearly 18 hours. Wow. Yeah. I got to go, have a one go around with it. Um, some of the stories in it were, I always say Star Wars is best when it's weird. The, a couple of them, just to me, got a little too weird. But... <laughs> Just my opinion. Right. I hadn't quite ever envisioned the Sarlacc as having 
uh, California surfer's voice. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what I said when I was listening to it. And I thought, well, that one might be like, uh, in the, the New Hope Book of Forty short stories, which I love dearly and revisit many of those many times over. The, the, um, the Figure and Dan stories, there's like four or five of them that figure in there, the, the Cluehorn Caper and whatnot, didn't quite stick to me. Yeah, the, this one about the Sarlacc kind of sits in relation to that, where maybe it'll be a little while before I go back and give that one a listen, but the rest of them are, they're really, really good, in my opinion. I've wanted to go dive back into it, but now that my iPod's done gone, I have to use my Audible, right. my, my cheap sort of podcast player $30 cell phone, which for whatever reason will only let me play like a half hour, and then I have to have Wi-Fi oh. because won't download. I thought I downloaded the, the that book. Yeah, and I, I, I said, you know what, since playlists kind of run thin, I'll jump back into my Audible, and then I get maybe a third of the way through it, and then it just quit playing. So I don't know what that was about, but technology is wonderful. Yeah, yeah, well, it works. But, yeah. Then just a couple more topics to wrap up 2023. We had one big thing that started – it went it it lived in our galaxy for thirteen months. And when it was first announced, I want to say that was I can't remember rightly when it was announced, but what I'm speaking to is the Galactic Star Cruiser. Oh, okay. That was only it was only ever found in Disney world which would be in florida right one one weren't weren't built at disneyland in anaheim likely because galaxy's edge in anaheim is right smack and dab in the middle of a city where land there is very few and far between very precious whereas Disney World in Florida, they've got land and then some to spare. Right. They they only ever built one that folks thought it was started out to be like a hotel experience, and that ain't nearly what what it's an experience is what it was. And when it first opened – and all the information came out. Folks were really having a hard time, like just regularly hour, hourly workers like me and Jeff would likely never have a chance to go because the the two day stay that it would take, yeah, was quite costly in the way of credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a little bit out of our price range. A little bit, and then some. But quite a few folks took really did take interest to it, and it did start off what my opinion seemed to be fairly well. Yeah. In Thirteen months. Please. 
it wasn't Thursday. The videos but... I saw. Yeah, it oh, seemed yeah. like it was really nice. We have had some podcast friends that have had a couple chances to go. I know for certain, um, Holly Fry from Full of Sith has had at least a dozen voyages on the Halcyon with her and her husband and other friends of hers. Um, another podcast that I can think of, there's a couple. Um, the crew of Thank the Maker, it's Adam and William Ryan Key and Nick and Mike Forster, who used to do the Armor Party. Uh, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter where it says Hondo Supply. They got to go a couple times. Um, as did, now the, these fellas are kind of spread out across the country. Um, the Force Geeks is Nate and Jake and Chris managed to go. They were a little skeptical, but they managed to, two of the three of them are dads, so it took some time for them to, they kind of gathered up their credits together, which made it a, a lot easier, and they went for their their adventure on the Halcyon, and when they were done and came back and did their kind of reaction review they were absolutely floored. They weren't expecting it to be what it turned up to be for them, and it, it ended up being in the best way. And they were, again, like everybody else that got to go, turned up to be really sad that they were, weren't were going to try to carry it on in any other way. Right. So, yeah, it does still sit down there, and we have no clue exactly what, the park wants to do with it. Hopefully they're going to do something that will still allow folks to maybe have, I've heard lots of speculations over it and nothing's turned up yet, but we'll see what does become of what used to be the Galactic Star Cruise or the house ceiling. All right. Then just come back. Um, Right near the end of last month, we were told that there's a brand new position within the ranks of Lucasfilm for a long time fellow that has had his hands in making and telling parts of Star Wars stories for well over 20 years that is going to get to guide storytellers and help them tell their stories the best possible way they can. The new position for Mr. Dave Filoni was created as Chief Creative Officer, where he's going to be involved in storytelling of all, all forms from the very get-go, where if his ask help was asked for previously, all the preliminary stuff was already started. From here on out, he's going to be involved right from when things are just getting talked about 
before even the pre-production happens. So that's got a lot of folks yeah. in front really excited over this. Yep. I mean, Dave Filoni learned from the best mm-hmm. and studied under the best, so why wouldn't, you know, you want the future of Star Wars in anybody else's hands? I mean, I've I've been happy with most everything that Filoni has put out. So from animation to the live action. Yep. And in his words to quote him, he he's saying he's not there to tell folks what to do. That's not not what this is about. He's there to help guide them and do what he can to help them tell the best story he can. Right. Yep. And the last thing I think I can think of is going back into this would be a more visual rather than into uh, the Star Wars Library of Books, was earlier this month, December, we got a new visual guide. And it took me a little while, a few weeks later behind other folks, um, is The Dawn of the Rebellion. And there's a lot of really neat, neat little tidbits of info that, are in this book that pretty much pits the Galactic Empire and all the different parts of it from the different stories we've been told through the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, through Andor, through Rogue One, from the creation of the Empire to the creation of the people in the galaxy wanting to stand up and oppose the Galactic Empire. Um, but remember, I only put down about 25 credits to get it. And if huh. folks and friends are interested in visual guides, I have quite a few of them in my little bitty library. I'm looking off to my left right now. Um, yeah, if you're interested in different parts and factions of the Rebellion of the Empire, I would definitely recommend getting to a local bookseller of yours if you got a bonus it's somewhere nearby and you can spend the 25 credits recommend getting that book there's some really neat fun in there to learn yeah I know I'm a fan of those visual guys because they're visual so Mm -hmm. but yeah Um, but yeah I can't think of anything other than I think he did forget to mention one thing. What's that? A disturbance in the force. Aha. Uh-huh. That was, yeah, that was the most recent thing. This was only going back maybe about two weeks. Yeah, and there's already been some different interviews from um, a couple producers and directors that have spent some some time with different podcasters talking about exactly what this was. This disturbance in the force is probably the deepest dive into 
1978 holiday special. Yep, the infamous 1978 holiday special. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I don't know if anybody other than the the crew and the people that put the Servants of the Force together was brave enough to tackle this subject. But um, I am looking forward to purchasing it. I'm hoping to get it on Blu-ray here pretty soon um, and giving it a watch because, yes, I know, you know yeah, I could have it on digital, but I like my physical media too, and when it comes to Star Wars, anything Star Wars, I would like a copy of it physically. I could put it right next to my pirated copy of the holiday special itself. So, yeah. I can't wait to get my hands on this and give it a watch. And, yeah. And, yes, I do love everything Star Wars, and that doesn't include the holiday special. I do subject myself to watching it, watching it every year, either on the 17th or around the 17th of November. Every year, it's just a tradition of mine. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there are some... <laughs> There, there are still some parts I will sit here with my head, my head on my hand going, dozing off a little bit, but I usually come back. But yeah, <laughs> it sometimes it's a struggle to get through. But hey, I, I started the tradition back when I can't remember when I started celebrating Life Day. I think my one friend joked about it one year. He actually messaged me and said, Happy Life Day. And I messaged him back on, what the hell are you talking about? And he said, the Star Wars Holiday Special. And I said, I haven't thought about that in years. And he goes, well, I thought you had a copy of it. I'm like, yeah, my brother-in-law gave me a copy of it one year for Christmas, but... I didn't, you know, I haven't watched it yet. And <clears throat> he was like, well, Life Day is is today. Life Day is the day that the special came out back in 78. And I was like, oh, my goodness, okay, all right. Then it, it started as a joke, and then ever since then, me and my one friend that originally messaged me about it, we, you know, try to celebrate each year. I think the one year we even – Sat on the phone, on the phone, people. Not talking about face face chat or anything like that or whatever you call it. FaceTime. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about on the phone, kind of like what RFB and I are doing now. Yep. What watching it and just having fun, talking with each other, joking with each other over it, and hopefully this coming life day. I know it's a ways away, but hopefully I can get in contact with that friend of mine again, and we can do it again. Maybe this time we will do it, you know, via video chat. But, yeah, that was fun, and yeah, I went off on a tangent about Life Day and the holiday special, but... (laughs) As we do, that's what happens in the cafe. But, But real quick here before we end this episode... You you have you actually did watch this documentary. Why don't you give us your you know 
I'm pretty sure everyone's seen the holiday special, so I guess you can give a spoiler film review because I don't think you're going to be spoiling anything. No, indeed, I did. I was able, I was granted permission or given permission because usually in, in the evenings, uh, my mom or dad usually had something that they favored watching on television. And this turned up on a Friday evening. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was only ever shown the one time on, like, as Jeff mentioned, November 17th in 1978, I was 20 or some days past just turning 11 years old and got to gather up all my action figures, whatever I had at the time, and sit down to watch it on CBS television where, um, just like the bumper says, for the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah, they, they preempted Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk to show this. Two of my favorite shows back then. Oh, Wonder Woman for absolute sure. I watched the Incredible Hulk, but weren't quite sure to what to make of it. A few times my mom had to explain it to me. But, yeah, getting to watch it, that's another very fuzzy memory. Um, even this past Life Day, back in November, for whichever reason, I weren't able to sit down and watch it. Instead, since I had Christmas Day, just this past Monday, all to myself, I pretty much had it planned out that I said, what I'm going to do for Christmas is start with my audio playlist, and at some other point in the early afternoon, I'm just going to hit the pause. I'm going to go sit down with my Chromebook, and bring up, I have my own saved digital copy on my external hard drive, which turns up it was from a TV station in Chicago. That okay. whoever, put up, whoever put it up edited all the commercials out because I was kind of looking forward to the commercials. Uh, yeah, you got to yeah. look up the copy that I have saved on my YouTube with commercials because those, there, oh, man. There's, there's several. Um one I want to say is Eastern PA. There's another version that's Baltimore. Um, it may possibly be for the very few folks back in 1978 who were able to have a VCR, and those are the folks that captured this and, and put it up all over. It's all over YouTube everywhere. You can find it everywhere with commercials in it and without. Yeah, yep. it was just a few weeks ago. Um, three podcast friends who are of the prequel generation that hadn't, for whatever reason, ever given this a look. Oh, and, man. Um, I'm talking about Wade and, and Kev and Alex, the Records of the Republic boys, who just started out as Kev, Kev and Wade, and then now they have Alex aboard, too, who's also sort of a neighbor to me, lives down towards uh, one of the state parks southeast of me, Ohio Pile, which I didn't know previously, so maybe someday me and Alex will get to meet up in real life. Yeah, the three of them hadn't took a look at this, so they thought for Life Day they'd, they'd go give it a watch and then get together on, on the Records of the Republic podcast and talk about it. And they each three kind of differed. Wade absolutely loved it. The whole thing from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Kev, 
so much. And Alex was kind of in the middle of both of them. And they said they'd love to have listeners' input, especially for somebody that might be original generation that had seen it. And I said, well, as you listen to your voice, that would be me. And mm-hmm. I sent him a quick little voicemail. I tried to make it quick, which I can tend to get quick, pretty long-winded real fast, telling them that it's kind of hard to explain it to folks that are past our generation, to the youngins what it was like back then, even right. just listening to, um, who was it that just did, had a recap of it today, uh, the Sky Guys, they, they're all maybe just start hit maybe early East, so they wouldn't, they were just babies back then, being born in 78, 79, they didn't have any, what what it was like back then coming up with things like this right in a lot of ways TV to me back then might have been a lot better than what TV nowadays is in my opinion right really good stuff on television back then um yeah saying that, that they thought that um, folks just didn't really care enough when, when nobody sets out to tell a bad story, no matter what it is, whether it's Star Wars or otherwise. And everybody that puts together whatever the kind of story is, they put it together with all the love and care that they want to put into it. It's just whatever we do with it whenever we get a hold of them, whatever type of story it is, like I said, sometimes good is an opinion, sometimes bad is an opinion. We all are on one or other side or agree or disagree about it. Yep. Yeah, to me, I, I told them, I said, folks from my generation would be able to answer this question or finish this sentence really well. Star Wars is best when it's, How would you answer that, Jeff? How would you finish? Uh, silly. Weird. Weird and silly. Yeah, it's always to, to have the understanding of weird back in the late '70s and early '80s. Maybe we have a different understanding of it because there weren't anything like Star Wars before that. It was weird, weird yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wade absolutely saw where I was coming from with with that. Uh, Kev didn't quite so much. He said he thought, in his opinion, he called it my tagline. I said, no, it's not my tagline. It's just how we knew it back then. You had to live in right. that generation to understand what it was. He, yep. he thought Star Wars is best when it's in theaters. And I thought, all right, I, I can see okay. where you're coming from there. But, yeah, yeah. all the, the disturbance in the force, I learned a few things that I did not previously, and I'm not going to bring it up here because Jeff has yet to give a give a look. I've heard different times. There's a, a long-time TV producer from the 70s and 80s, Bruce Valanche, has been on quite a few different Star Wars oh podcasts over the years. Yeah, Bruce is he's looking worse for the wear. He's getting up there. He's still yeah. got his... Blonde hair and his red rim glasses, but he's a yeah. character. <laughs> oh, and then some. Yeah, he got the. 
he got the town room and invited him as along with a whole crew of different folks. Some have become one with the force in the past few years that were he was able to wrangle them up and get them to take part in this. Given their their thoughts on what it took to put this together and they found a way they it could have failed many different times but they seen it through to the end yep much to the dismay and dislike of Mr. Lucas who at the time after he'd seen it <laughs> he could have found every bootleg copy and smash it to bits with a hammer he would have yep and I was, you know, limp-syncing those words as you were saying them because mm-hmm. I've heard him say that many of times, and I've heard other people quote him many times about that. And <laughs> just like uh, bring up a real quick point here. Um, yeah, I mean, when you said there was nothing like Star Wars back then, there wasn't. Um, and actually, this past Christmas – when my wife and I were watching A Christmas Story Christmas, which is the sequel to A Christmas Story, which I thought was a very good movie, but that's besides the point. In that movie, it takes place in 1972, five years before Star Wars. And Ralphie, at the time of the movie, is a writer a science fiction writer <laughs> trying to get a book that he wrote published and all these different publishers are turning him down because it's too silly. This is not what people want. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait five years. Every time I watch that movie, I look at my wife and go, wait till 1977. Ralphie's right. You're wrong. Science fiction is going to blow up. So, but yeah, it just, Puts it in perspective for me. Yeah, back then, 1972, five years. It could even been a year. They could have said it in 1976. Publishers would have probably done the same thing. Nope, this is not what everybody wants. What is this? Something in outer space. What are you talking about? So, but yeah, sitting there watching that movie, I just reminds me of like, yep, wait until 77 when Star Wars hits. All these publishers are going to be singing a different song. Mm-hmm. Science, yeah, science, fiction the, no, science fiction in the 1970s didn't really have a kind of used, lived-in kind of look to it. It was more kind of clean, sterile, kind of like 2001 A Space Odyssey, or if folks have seen another one of my old favorites was Logan's Run. Oh, yeah. Yeah, science yep. fiction, the only kind of lived-in that I can think of or Space 1999, everything was clean and sterile. The only thing yeah. I can think of that might have touched having a, a sort of lived-in look was one of my mother's favorite films. It a little bitty thing. It came out 73 or 74 uh, about a farmer in space on an aggro ship. It was called Soylent Green, where all he had uh, to keep company was, were little robots. That that's the only one I can think of that might have had a sort of lived in kind of campy feel. Yeah. And it 
since I've watched that. I might have to look that up this weekend, too. But yeah. as far as 2023 goes, Jeff, I think we did it. Everything yeah. that I think up and drum up. And if I missed anything, absolutely tag me back in the Twitterverse and add help add to it. Or bring up your voice recorder on your phone and, and send us a voicemail, email, write up something. Yeah. Lock up something um, since the DMC Gmail, I think, is pretty much gone. If anybody has anything yeah. want to add to it, zip it straight over to my Gmail, Royal Farm Boy at Gmail, and put it up on the pod. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, well, was lack of activity is one reason I did away with the email address and the Twitter account. But, yeah. It can come to, you know, RFB just offered his up. So, yeah, we can use RFB's Gmail as the official pod's email address. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys out there follow myself or RFB on Twitter. Use our personal Twitter accounts to hit us up. Absolutely. RFB's on there all the time. I'm on there occasionally. So, yeah, just, you know, hit us up there. We'll, we'll event, I'll eventually see it, but RFB will definitely see it. So, any last words, RFB? 2023 went by way too damn fast. So 2024 is welcome to take its time. We got new Star Wars coming. In what order and when and where? We'll just... Find out as we go. Yep. I second that. And as always, until next time. I have spoken. Give the evacuation code signal. RFB and I would like to thank you for joining us here in the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending us your ear while we shared all of ours. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe Facebook group, Blue Milk Cafe Pod. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good. Thank you.